My dear friends, good morning. What did you think of our new live countdown to worship song? Pretty groovy, huh? It's a theme so we'll song. We'll be playing that. It's our, yeah, our new theme song for C2. <laughs> we have such good musicians here, it's a shame not to use them all the time, right? 
Welcome, everybody, this morning. If it is your first time just visiting here or if this has been your church home forever, we are so glad that you are here. We welcome you to our C2 service by where the grace of God, all are welcomed, all are affirmed, and all are loved. It is a blessing to be worshiping with you in God's house here this morning. We are going to be talking a little bit about covenant, and we are going to be talking a little bit about loyalty and how those two things uh, fit together. So we're going to be starting uh, a little bit with the Old Testament and, and uh, the Ten Commandments and then the Great Commandment that Moses brings to us. But uh, the stones we're going to start with right now are singing stones. So everybody, if you are willing, if you are able, please rise and join us for our opening song, Still Rolling Stones.
friends, we are so blessed to be seated. Would you join me this morning in a moment of prayer? First and foremost, Lord, uh, please know that our hearts are so heavy. We ask that you be with those who right now are living through shock, horror, and unthinkable and unspeakable events. Please, Lord, help to be with them, all those that are being torn apart. We ask that you grant them a measure of peace. Lord, please let those folks know that you provide a blanket of love, of grace, and of care that will get them and all of us through anything that we might face. Please let them know that as brothers and sisters, we are there in support. And please let them know that we follow you so that we may do what's right for all. We ask this as we continue our prayer here this morning, Lord, as we thank you and we give you grace and joy for being able to dwell in your house together. Amen.
is to our God so that we may know the peace of Christ. And at this time, folks, more than ever, we need to be passing the peace of Christ and loving each other. Please take a moment to say hello to somebody new, catch up with an old friend, and just pass the peace of Christ. Peace be with you. Okay, my friends, before we even get into announcements today, and there are quite a few, uh, I would like to give a shout-out to our man in the booth back there, Dan Lampson, who oversees all of our technical arts. He steps into any role that needs. If somebody's not here, he's kind of the man behind the scenes that oversees and makes sure everything runs smoothly, and we are really, really blessed to have him. And also, thank you, Ben, back there for filling in on the prompter today, but... Dan, we are blessed to have you, and we are grateful that you are here. Thank you. Um, So there, yeah. Um, There are so many announcements, so many things going on at the church here, folks, that we actually have a second page today. So if you haven't had a chance to grab it, there's a second page outside of uh, our normal action page on the bulletin. Uh, Please grab it. It kind of gives a little bit of a further uh, notice of upcoming events. Uh, It's a really important thing to have if you're interested in what's going on in the church. And if you want to support those things that are going on in the church, uh, you can always feel free to leave a donation in the generosity basket uh, when you come in or on your way out or however you'd like to do it. Um, All those go into support of our missions and the programs that we're doing here at the church. I will lift up just a few in case you don't know. Uh, Today, immediately following church, is the um, all-church picnic at Riverside Park. Uh, There was a sign-up sheet, but if you haven't signed up, you are still obviously, of course, free to come and check it out. There's going to be some contests, some games, music. Uh, It should be a lot of fun. Uh, We have our Boo Bash, uh, which is kind of our annual uh, family and children event uh, coming up on the 21st. That's on Saturday. Uh, Kids can come and get candy and play games, and it's a really, really nice event for the church and also for the community. So I highly encourage you to check that out. And we also, uh, just so you know, we will be uh, installing this morning over at the sanctuary some of our new interim members uh, of the church, some of our lay leadership and new ministers uh, that will be helping us through the transition uh, while we're looking for other new ministers. And that will actually come at the end of the sermon. So as we live stream the sermon today, there will be a little bit more uh, attached to the end of that live stream, and that is the commissioning of those members. So that's what's going on in the church. Please feel free to grab your uh, action page and your extra page. Uh, For our scripture this morning, as I mentioned, we're talking about uh, loyalty and covenant, and and Moses is is talking to his people uh, about the covenant that they need to make with God. And what I really like about this scripture is that he makes a point of saying it's not just the covenants that we've made in the past, It's what we make with God right now. We constantly have to be re-upping our covenant with God. And we constantly have to remind ourselves of our loyalty to God. Otherwise, that's how things fall apart and that's how we forget. And reading our scripture here this morning from Deuteronomy is going to be our man Tommy on bass. And you should have it up there. Let's hear the word of God for today. Good morning, church. How are you? Uh, Today's scriptures are from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses summoned all Israel and said, Hear, Israel, the decrees and laws I declare in your hearing today. Learn them and be sure to follow them. 
the Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. It was not with our ancestors that the Lord made this covenant, but with us, with all of us who are alive here today. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them in your, on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. This is the word of the Lord. Beloved in Christ, we are gathered here, some of you back from up north or out west or abroad, and those of you who are worshiping today in C2. This is a tender day with war having broken out in the Middle East, and our prayers are there today, a mighty earthquake just this morning in Afghanistan. The world is shaken, yet there is something on which we can absolutely rely, and that is the word of God that endures forever. Please pray with me. Almighty God, maker of heaven and earth, of all that was, is, or ever shall be, you are our God, and we are so grateful. We thank you for giving us life and breath to rise and to come here today, whether we are wounded or grieving, caring for someone who is sick, going through time of trouble, or in the midst of one of the greatest celebrations of our lives. You are the Lord of it all. And so we invite you today and ask you and implore you to open our eyes again to see what fresh word you would have for us this morning. Illumine this word that invites us to draw closer to you as no other and to trust you with our whole being and to remain faithful to you in all things. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be an acceptable offering for you, O God, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Not long ago, one of you lamented as you were leaving the sanctuary after church that we never talk about the Ten Commandments. Are you here this morning? I don't know who said that to me. Somebody did. If you're not in the house, I hope you're at home because here we go. Throughout history, we humans benefit from guideposts in the wilderness we all have rules that we follow, whether we're conscious of it or not. Wash your hands before you. Make your bed in the... Look both ways before you cross the... If those are your rules, too, you had the same mother I do. Other rules come from our experiences in life. Mine include these three. Don't go hungry to a farmer's market. Don't give your partner a vacuum cleaner for his birthday. And the hardest one to follow is this. When your grown child or grandchild or niece or nephew asks what you really think of the person they're dating, change the subject. Trust me on this one. When our world gets a little bit crazy, we all depend on our boundaries to lower our anxiety, and the world is filled with so much anxiety right now. Good rules, like good laws, are written and enacted to keep us safe. 
wear your seatbelt, stop at stop signs, and don't drive your Corvette 120 miles per hour on the tollway, just saying. Those of us who watched and still watch old episodes of crime shows like Law and Order, Criminal Minds, or The Blacklist, enjoy them because they first scare us so deeply about what's happening in the world or could happen, and then they reduce our fear about the whole thing by solving the crime and removing the perceived threat to our well-being. Otherwise, we'd never be able to sleep at night. When you look back to television drama series like Gunsmoke and the Really Old Days or to NCIS, you see diverse people working together to create solutions to real challenges, and that's what we long for perhaps the most of all. It gives us such encouragement and such hope. On NCIS, Leroy Jethro Gibb has 100 rules, and he regularly teaches them to his team. Loyalty to the team means that you follow the rules. Some of Gibbs' rules are based on being an agent, like number, rule number nine, don't go anywhere without a knife. Well, except through the airport. Others are based on being a Marine, like rule number 23, don't mess with a Marine's coffee if you want to live. Some are based on life, like rule number 44, first things first, hide the women and children. One of my personal favorites is rule number 45, always clean up your own messes. I know you're grateful my husband is watching today. This morning we turn towards another drama, both ancient and contemporary. As Reverend uh, Beverly read for us this morning, the Hebrew people who had wandered for 40 years in the wilderness now prepared across the Jordan River into the promised land. Before that, Moses first delivers his second and his longest sermon. He challenges this second generation whose parents and grandparents, once enslaved in Egypt, have now gone on to glory to follow and to serve God faithfully without reservation, even though they weren't there when those first commandments were delivered on stone tablets. All Moses' teachings emphasize God's grace, evidenced by recounting God's many wondrous deeds as well as the consequences for faithlessness. There's a critical reason for this. God reaches toward humanity in every generation, those listening to Moses then and all followers of God now. The promises we make at baptism and at confirmation and that we reaffirm any time we join any church anywhere include loyalty to those statutes and ordinances proclaimed so long ago. They and all of us who are alive today, this means you and me, remember these stories and laws and we teach them to our children in order that we might live according to God's promises. Moses charges us with telling our children what God has done for our ancestors and for us. That's why we tell stories to our children. And Moses convened all of Israel with this message by saying to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and ordinances that I am addressing to you today. You will learn them and you will observe them diligently. 
And then Moses announces that living listeners to these words are participants in the covenant that God made with Israel back in the day at Sinai. You see, the first Ten Commandments brought down from the mountain on stone tablets seemed like ancient history to this crowd, even though it had only been 40 years because they didn't live quite as long in those days and the generations were compressed. That was two generations ago, like my telling my kids something that happened in the 1960s, and they go, what? Moses' task is to persuade his hearers that God's covenant with humanity through the Ten Commandments is not just for the freed slaves of Egypt wandering without a homeland in the desert. Rather, he spoke with conviction, not with our ancestors did the Lord make this covenant, but with with us, who are all of us, all of us who are here alive today. The message couldn't be more clear. Those living people hearing or reading these words are recipients of the covenant just as if they were there. These words proclaim that time is transcended, God's timing. It's just as if we were at the mountain with Moses, as if we were there with the Lord when all this was spoken through Moses. And it's we, it's we who God still asks to observe them diligently through a loyal relationship with God. The covenant isn't just for those who have passed to glory. It's for all of us who are alive today. So at the opening of Moses' sermon, he reminds us of the Ten Commandments which follow. And these are abbreviated because I said earlier it's his longest sermon, and this won't be mine. I'm the Lord your God, the one who brought you out of that place where you were held captive in your own life. Don't worship any other God except for me. Do not make idols that look like anything in the sky or on earth or the ocean under the earth that you're going to bow down and worship. Don't worship idols. Do not misuse my name. Remember that the Sabbath belongs to me. Respect your parents as they live and in memory when they die, don't talk smack about them after they're gone. Do not murder. Be faithful in marriage. Do not steal. Do not tell lies about others or insist on your own version of reality. Would you like me to repeat that one? Do not desire anything that belongs to someone else. Be content with what you have. Our text then continues this morning in Deuteronomy 6, 3 through 9, where Moses introduces that beautiful word that the Jews called Shema. Shema means more than listen. It means hear these words and obey. God gracefully delivered and brought us out of trouble in our life, just as God has always done. And we respond to God's faithful care for us through faithfulness to God's commandments. And when we humans forget these 10, and I'm not going to give you a written quiz this morning, You can go home and look them up in Exodus 20 if you like, or Deuteronomy. When we humans forget, God sends Jesus, who when asked the greatest commandment, recites the Shema, listen and obey. Jesus made it simple enough for my three-year-old grandson, Lachlan, to remember it. Love God, love everybody. 
Now, some people challenge me regarding what church has to do with loyalty to God. After all, we can be loyalty, loyal to God wherever we are. Why not stay at home and pray? Why not give our money and our resources to nonprofits directly to do good things in the world instead of prioritizing the church? Good questions. Yet unless we've taken monastic vows as brothers or monks or sisters for lives of solitary prayer, our Christian faith now and has always been collective, communal. God shapes and forms us through our collective worship together, through our collective learning together, and through our collective lives of services. When you think about the places you volunteer in the community, most of you do not do it alone. Even if you're tutoring kids out at the, there's other tutors alongside you, are there not? There are other people tutoring just down the road. We seldom fulfill our service in the world all by ourselves. We humans have always had a tendency to forget ways that lead to life, and so we come here to be reminded, and when we forget, we reach for golden calves and idols of our own making, and we worship false gods. We all have that tendency. We all at some time have followed somebody who cannot ultimately satisfy the expectations we placed upon them to give us life. So why church? Here as no place else, we teach our children and remind one another that God gave God's law for our good, for our best interests. When we break God's law, there's going to be negative consequences. God promises to be our God, to love and to be with us no matter what. And then, like marital vows, God asks us to live and be loyal to that relationship in a particular way. God made us and loves us so profoundly. And the first four commandments show us how to love God back. The last six commandments show us how to love each other starts with our parents in the fifth commandment and then the last five show us how to get along with everybody else through them we teach our children how God wants us to live as good neighbors with all people and to regularly reflect on how we can more faithfully do that ourselves loyalty to God in this way creates a healthy flourishing world for us and for all and it brings us joy does anybody want a little more flourishing in this world is anybody but me looking for a little more joy? Learning and following God's commandments has grown out of favor. We've all but erased the word obey from our vocabulary. Try to think about the last time you heard it, spoken or written, seen it written. It used to be in marital vows, but only with regards to a woman obeying her husband and not vice versa. Our human demands for obedience suffer so much abuse of power, whether between genders or races or religions, that we've all but dropped it from our vocabulary and our way of life. Yet there is one place and one place only where obedience in such a way as this is important, critical, and that is our obedience to our all-powerful God. It's different from obedience to false idols or to mere humans. We humans have always had a tendency to dance around a golden calf, little gods of our own making. 
if we're not sure what they are, whatever we do with much of our discretionary time, wherever we spend much of our discretionary money may be a sign of that which we truly worship. Now, that doesn't mean we can't take pleasure in this fabulous life. We can, and we do. But it does mean that we humans are vulnerable to the temptation to reach for worldly solutions that promise redemption but can never deliver it. God's commandments are given to us as a gift, never to bludgeon us into the kingdom of God, but to reorder and refocus and transform our lives. These commandments only make sense in the context of our relationship with God. If you don't love God and you don't have a relationship with God, this is not going to make any sense at all. For example, the commandment to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy is not a power move to measure our loyalty. Sabbath keeping is God's gift for all of us workaholics and socialholics who have to always be with other people and technoholics that are always on our phones and tablets who have to be doing something all the time. I impertinently asked a retired colleague this week about whether or not they feel guilty about not doing something purposeful every moment of every day. This is not a way to win friends and influence people. This colleague reminded me that sitting on the deck with a cup of coffee, thanking God for the finches that peck at seed in the bird feeder and the chipmunks that glean seeds falling beneath the ground constitutes morning prayer. That morning, I knew that I had not taken a day off for a long time, while my colleague, wasting away her time, remembered to keep her Sabbath holy. Sometimes we all forget who we are and to whom we belong. Just a few weeks ago, I had broken yet another commandment, and it cost me. No, I'm not going to confess everyone that I've ever broken now. <clears throat> But this is what happened for me. I went on vacation, but it was a working vacation because, well, we're in the middle of search for new staff ministers here, and we're about to launch our 100th anniversary, and there's a lot going on right now. But when I arrived on my, the place where I was staying for two weeks, the promised internet did not exist. There was no internet, no television, and spotty cell service, and I just about had a heart attack. I had to walk 15 minutes to an internet cafe to get internet at all and keep buying food since I was taking up one of their table. I gained a little weight during those two weeks. But it gave me pause to realize how attached I had grown to technology and how incapable I, it was for me to function without it. I had made a false idol of something that truly could not give me life. And it gave me time not having it to pray. Beloved, these aren't called the ten suggestions for good reason. Which commandment is the greatest, Jesus was asked. And Jesus answered, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater commandment than these. 
If you want a more abundant life, set aside Gibbs 100 rules and the dress code for your club and the things your mama taught you. While they're all important, remember that which is truly essential and reaffirm your loyalty to the only God who will give you life. May it be so. Amen. both commission our newest staff member, our newest ministry team member, and also to affirm the ministry of our interim ministry team. So at this time, I want to invite forward Reverend Beverly Zell. Reverend Beverly is a retired United Church of Christ minister who is also co a commissioned spiritual director and an active member of Spiritual Directors International. In addition, she facilitates programs in writing as spiritual practice, is an affiliate of the Amherst Writers and Artists Association, and is a trained facilitator of restorative circles, a community-based process for supporting those in conflict. As our new Minister for Congregational Care, she will be working half-time uh, to provide pastoral care to our congregation, along with our other ministers, and she will be also working closely with, praying for, and equipping our called um, to care ministry uh, of lay ministers. So we're extremely blessed to be able to welcome her to our midst today. She will be here eight months a year in this vocation, and uh, the rest of the time in the summer months she spends with family in Michigan. So this morning, Beverly, I'm going to first address the congregation to let you know that this beautiful, very gifted minister, Reverend Beverly Zell, whom I've known since 2002, she first attended my installation in Chicago at that time, generously when she was a minister there. She has been guided by the Holy Spirit and called as a minister for congregational care to this place, and we now receive her as one appointed by ministry in the Florida Conference of the United Church of Christ. So, Reverend Beverly, seeing that you are called to ordained ministry by the grace of God and that the Community Church of Vero Beach United Church of Christ has been led to call you as their pastor, are you willing to enter this covenant with its members who are one in Christ with us here in the Florida Conference? I am willing and honored by this opportunity to serve a church that I already love. And with the help of God, I promise to fulfill the responsibilities that I'm being charged with. Mm, thanks be to God. At this time, I would invite those to come forward who are part of our interim ministry team. There is an affirmation in your bulletin. We'll be inviting you to participate in that in a few moments. Elaine Mathis, in this interim period, uh, will be working with the mission ministry and also with new member development and leading worship from time to time. Craig um, will be, Craig and Jan, hello. Um, Reverend Craig will be leading men's and women's Bible study and will be leading worship and will be preaching also uh, from time to time, as will Reverend Jan. Jan works with Sacred Paws. Uh, with a book study and leads our prayer circle 
and we'll also lead worship from time to time as well. And I also would um, ask that uh, we have many lay ministers here today, but those of you who are leading the new chosen ministry, would you stand this morning? I think Joy is here, and Leslie, are you here? And maybe Sharon is here too. And those of you, those of you who um, are called to care ministers, if you are here, would you stand as well? We have some call to care ministers. These people have also been affirmed in ministry in this place because we count on them to pray for, by, and with, and care for one another in this congregation. And we thank you for your service. Our prayer today will be for you as well. We turn now to our time of covenant, which you will find in your bulletin. Affirmation of ministry is the act whereby a local church of the United Church of Christ recognizes the diverse gifts of its members and celebrates the particular ministry of each person in the life of the church or in various settings in the life of the world. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit gives them. There are different ways of serving, but the same God is served. There are different abilities to perform service, but the same God gives ability to each of us for our particular service. The Spirit's presence is shown in some way in each person for the good of all. Christ is like a single body which has many parts. It is still one body, even though it's made up of different parts. If one part of the body suffers, all the other parts suffer with it. If one part is praised, all the other parts share its happiness. All of us are Christ's body, and each one is a part of it. These people have been called by God in accordance with the faith and order of this church to serve among us. They have accepted their call and are before us in witness to their willingness to serve. Sisters and brothers in Christ, it is an honor to be entrusted with responsibility for particular service in the ministry of the church, whether gathered or scattered. Having prayerfully considered the duties and responsibilities of your respective ministries, are you prepared to serve with the help of God in Christ's name and for the glory of God? If so, say, I am. I am. Do you promise to exercise your ministry diligently and faithfully, showing forth the love of Christ? If so, please respond, I do, relying on God's grace. I do, relying on God's grace. Members of this household of faith, you have heard the promises of our brothers and sisters in Christ who have answered God's call to service. Let us affirm our intention to live in covenant with them. But those who are able rise in body or in spirit to witness to this commitment that we now make. We gather in, in celebration, celebration of, of the joy that is ours to be partners, partners with you in the service of Jesus Christ. Christ. We, we promise to love you, honor your leadership, and assist you that together we may be a faithful church of Jesus Christ. In a moment, we will be praying for them and for our leaders of the Chosen uh, teaching series and also our called to care ministers in this church and for all of you. And as we continue to um, search for our new full-time executive minister um, who can never replace David Johnson but will nevertheless 
um, come and fill that office um, uh, on our behalf and on Christ's behalf in the future. And we're also still looking for a half-time minister or director for children and family ministries. So please remember these and the search process in your prayers as well. Let us pray. Eternal God, you have called these people to serve you in this household of faith and in the world which you have entrusted to your care and keeping. Send now your Holy Spirit upon them that they may serve among us with honor and faithfulness. Help them to be diligent in their duties that your church may prosper in the mission you place before it. May their example prove worthy for all of us to follow as we are united in Christ's ministry for the glory of your name. Amen. Beloved in Christ, on behalf of the members and friends of this community church of Vero Beach, Florida, I announce that you are commissioned and firmed, installed as ministers of this church. Go in peace to love and to serve your God. And may all God's people say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated.
Friends, let's start our people's prayer this morning together by thinking of those that are very heavy on our hearts or those that we would like to lift up to the Almighty for some extra special prayers. I invite you to offer up those names out loud or just to yourself between you and God, however you're more comfortable, and we'll begin our prayer uh, thinking about those folks. Joseph. torn by war. Oh, gracious, most holy God, as, as I look around at what is happening in the world and then I look inside myself, I can't help but to think that we are not offering you our best. Lord, we lift up a collective prayer this morning that you allow us and help us to be better. Help us to remember that you want us to know peace and love not war. Please, Lord, help us to remember that we are at our best in your way when we are lifting each other up, not putting each other down. Lord, please help us to remember that it's in love that we obey who you are and stay loyal to you, not in hate. Lord, we ask that you help lead us to the mountain. Help give us a reminder that your word is law and that we need to remember it yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and always. Help list, lift us up with your commandments, especially, Lord, your greatest commandment to remember you and obey you and love you. That, Lord, is how we in turn Love and care for each other. Be our shining light. Be our guide as we know that you will get us through the darkest hour and your light will shine through on the other side. Give us that strength, Lord. We need it now more than ever. We pray all these things, Lord, in the name of Jesus the Christ, who taught us all to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let's stand together, folks, for our last song, as all of us people say, Amen.
Microphones. I love it, Peter. My dear friends, love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might, and go spread that love into the world. Go in peace, my friends, and may the grace of God be with you now and always. Amen. Yeah.